Welcome, everybody, to Debt Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Hope you've enjoyed our interview yesterday with Patrick Lussier. I know I did. Fascinating man to talk to, director, editor, and uh, he has been on some of the biggest movies. He's edited, directed some of the biggest movies out there. So I hope you enjoyed yesterday's interview. Want to welcome Lisa Colette Khaleesi is with us. X Leon is joining us. Welcome X. Want to say hello to Viviana. We have uh, Victor with joining us as well. Riz, welcome everybody. So you guys have asked for it, and we have delivered. Walking Dead Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, yeah. You guys have been asking for this. We've been playing the regular Ultimate Horror Trivial Pursuit. And, you know, the majority of the questions are pretty difficult. So today, we're going to give this a shot, you know, and see how this goes, you know, in and out of our new segments. So let's just let's just do one right off the bat. Now, this is uh, really this many questions. That's it. That's it. And I think they're divided up into seasons. So let's just see what this... This is the first time I'm looking at this. My wife actually unwrapped it. So let's see. And I think it's broken down into seasons. And I they're color-coded. So we'll just try to figure it out. All right? Uh, we have like purple, blue... Uh, red, orange, yellow, and green. And I assume each one represents a different season, even though there's a lot more seasons than that. So I'm just going to pick one at random, and we'll figure out the season from there. All right, and, you know, let's go with a hard one. In the episode titled Swear, refer to Tara's promise to which Oceanside resident? In the episode titled Swear, refer to Tara's promise to which Oceanside resident. Come on, you guys have been asking for this game. What's the answer? Oh, Lisa. Lisa nailed it. Cindy. Not bad. Not bad, Lisa. I'm impressed. I am impressed. And let me see. Are this the rules? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Breaking down the color codes here. So, okay. Purple is characters. Blue is episodes. Red is the dead. Orange is locations. Yellow is events and milestones. And green is wild card. Wild card. So, now that we know what the categories are, they're not broken down into seasons. So, let's do another one. Characters, episodes, the dead, locations, events, milestones, or wild card. You know, let's do events and milestones. All right, let's see what we have here. Okay, what does Eugene suggest pouring on the walkers outside the Savior's headquarters to fortify them? Ah, come on, we know this. What does Eugene suggest pouring on the walkers outside the Savior's headquarters, which is the sanctuary, to fortify them? Uh, Khaleesi says melted metal. Molten metal. You're right on it. That is correct, Khaleesi. So, you know, I think you guys are going to do very well on this version of Trivial Pursuit. So, as we move on, Efren says scrap metal. No, no, not close enough. Not close enough. It's melted scrap metal. So let's get on to some news and we'll go back to those questions in and out throughout the evening. And I brought this story up first. I saw this movie yesterday. Uh, It's called Aftermath. Uh, I believe it's a brand new release to Netflix. Uh, Intriguing synopsis. So I'm like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And for those of you uh, who probably have not seen this movie yet, since it's pretty new, uh, 
I don't know how many Twilight fans we have out there, but Alice, you know, the glittery vampire from the Twilight movies, she is one of the stars on this, uh, on this, in this movie. Now, I watched it, Efren's watched it as well, he's calling it more of a lifetime movie of the week, it is good, uh, it has some good scare scenes, I'm just not that impressed with how it ended. So I got to keep it real. I got to keep it honest. Uh, it's a good movie. It's worth watching. I just, I wish the ending would have went in a little differently. All right. So let's see what they have to say about it. Now, Netflix this year has been offering horror fans an embarrassment of riches. With so many scare movies burning up the streamer's top 10 chart. And at a time when you'd think, with a global pandemic still raging, people might want their entertainment to tilt toward the less terrifying variety, that has proven to be completely false. Nevertheless, this is what fans seem to be craving for right now. With Aftermath, Netflix movie that's at number three today, representing just the latest example among the many horror movies that have been flooding Netflix recently. Now, Aftermath, uh, this nearly two-hour uh, two horror thriller, stars Ashley Green, which is Alice, uh, Sean Ashmore, and Sharif Atkins, and Netflix official synopsis reads as follows. Desperate to save their marriage... A young couple takes a deal and moves into their dream home, but disturbing events reveal the house's trouble history. Now, you know what? Let's just watch the trailer. Watch the trailer and we'll go from there. The truth of the matter is, your first marriage is over. Would you like to create a second one together? Have you considered a change of environment? You saw that house. It's perfect. We really need a fresh start. Mm. I love you. I love you too. Thank you for the note. What note? If you're messing with me, it's really not funny. Someone was in here. making this up. I know what I saw. I'm not delusional. Maybe all the stress is an accumulation. But it was so vivid. I felt it. Paranoid hallucination. We've both been going through some difficult changes. Cheers. I had a moment of weakness and I hate myself for that. It's our first night here. Don't spook yourself out. There you guys have it. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you uh, beyond what this article is going to say, which I'm sure they're not going to spoil it either. Uh, I recommend it. I, I do recommend it. Personally, I just don't like how the movie ended. I mean, it could have been done a little differently. So the movie was actually based, at least in part, on a true crime story. According to Decider, this Netflix thriller quickly shows events spiraling out of control for the young married couple at the center of it. They get stalked, magazine subscriptions start showing up out of the blue, and the couple is really perplexed to see their house show up on a real estate listing site. Ultimately, it's clear that someone or something is screwing with them. 
The new title is popular, by the way, at a time when, as we noted above, a slew of horror titles are trending on the streaming network. The aftermath Netflix popularity follows a similar reception from titles ranging from the Italian, Italian language, a classic horror story, to the Guy Pearce-led Seventh Day. The latter is the story of a priest who teams up with a hardened exorcist to stop the demonic possession of a young boy, but darkness lies where they least expect it. Other hits in this category include the Fear Street Trilogy, based on the books by uh, R.L. Stein in 94, uh, per Netflix overview of the trilogy's first flick. We know all about uh, uh, Fear Street. Uh, one of the recent Aftermath Netflix reviews left by an IMDb user pretty nicely sums up my feelings about the genre. It starts off with a complaint about horror movies, generally rating low. What do you people want? Aftermath was entertaining, had me jumping at times, and the ending was actually good. I guess that's where me and him disagree. Uh, you're never going to get a 10 out of 10 for movies like this. Just enjoy it for what it is. Pure mind-numbing entertainment. Incidentally, the movie story comes from that of a real-life couple, Jerry Rice and Janice Ruther. ABC News told the story of what happened to them in 2011 after moving into their home. Just like the movie couple, they, they got a creepy not from a would-be buyer. Their home ended up on the real estate website, and magazines started showing up in the mail out of the blue. All that said, here's an additional smatter of reviews left by Aftermath Netflix viewers. Oh God, Aftermath is bloody scary. Don't watch it alone. Today I watched The Devil Below and Aftermath on Netflix. The Devil Below didn't really interest me at all. I felt like I was watching The Descent again, but with different steps. Aftermath was really good, few predictable bits, but generally creeped me out in parts. And here's another one. Aftermath on Netflix was actually decent. Like, wow, this movie did keep me on the edge. Like I said, I'm not knocking this movie. It was a good movie, worth watching. You won't be disappointed. And some of you might like the ending. Some of you might not. Uh, Colette and Lindsay say it looks good. Uh, let's see. Efren says I must have been watching a different Aftermath. The one I... Oh, come on. It did not suck. Efren, it did not... No, I would not put it in the suck category. Uh, it was good. It was good. I'm just not a big fan on how they ended it. All right. Let's do another trivia question. This time, let's, uh, let's do wild card. All right? All right. You guys ready? What fruit... Oh, I know this. What fruit did Ezekiel first offer Carol? What fruit did Ezekiel first offer Carol in their first encounter? Well, pretty soon after their first encounter. Khaleesi, pomegranate. Very good. Very good. All right, let's do uh, episodes. I think this is probably... The hardest category. So let's see. In episodes. In the episode uh, called Service. Which of Rick's group. Did Negan bring to Alexandria. And forbid them to speak. In the episode Service. Which of Rick's group did Negan bring to Alexandria. And forbid them to speak. Anybody? Anybody? Lisa, got it. Daryl, very good, Lisa. All right, let's let's do a few more. Let's go with uh, locations. Let's see what this is about. Which Savior's apartment does Daryl go into and eat peanut butter? Which Savior's apartment did Daryl go into and eat 
the poor man's peanut butter. Khaleesi, Dwight, very good, Khaleesi. You are on fire tonight with these Walking Dead questions. All right, let's do the dead. The dead. Because it's all about the dead, right? What did the people of Oceanside call walkers in the surf? Oh, I don't know this one. What did the people of Oceanside call walkers in the surf? I want to see if anybody gets this. Come on, Instagram people. I know you're there. Nope, not biters. This is a hard one. Saz? Come on, Saz. Saz is our uh, Walking Dead human Wikipedia. You out there, Saz? Floaters? Nope. Rotters? Nope, Jason. Uh, nope. Yeah, this is a hard one. I don't think anyone's going to get this. You got to have a real good memory to remember this one. I'll give you guys a couple more seconds, and then I'll reveal the answer. And you'll be like, oh... The answer is bobbers. Bobbers. I did not know that. I've forgotten that. I mean, I obviously saw the episode. I had just completely forgotten that one. All right. Let's stick with location since that seems to be a hard one. Uh, where did Spencer hide food, liquor, and guns? I know this. Where did Spencer hide food, liquor, and guns in Alexandria? Uh, Khaleesi says floorboards. You got to be a little bit more specific. Actually, floorboards is not accurate. Sewer? No. Nope. Lindsay, his house. Yes. Yes. But where in his house? No, no, floorboard, no, not giving it to you. Lisa writes the heating of? What do you mean the heating of? Khaleesi got it, the vent, the air vent, the vent. Yeah, you see how I really couldn't give it to you with just floorboards? Because it's two different things. So, I was debating it for a little while, but no, no, no. To be fair to the game, you got to be just a little bit closer. Hello, Zoe. All right, let's do, uh, let's do the dead again. Okay, the dead. Dwight put a photo of whose corpse in Daryl's cell? Not that hard. Whose uh, corpse did uh, Dwight put in Daryl's cell? A picture of. Yes, Khaleesi, Glenn, Glenn, very good, very, very good. All right, let's keep going. Uh, I'm going to stay with the dead because I think that might be the hardest, even though that was pretty easy. All right, the dead. Who did Negan kill? Oh, this is way too easy. This doesn't count, but I'm going to read it anyway. Who did Negan kill as punishment for Daryl punching him? I'm not, you don't even have to answer. Don't even have to answer. That's way too easy. It was Glenn. It was Glenn. Colette Merle? You're kidding, right? Come on, Colette. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's go to wild card. What game did Dwight play with Laura at the Savior's Compound? I don't remember this. What game did Dwight play with Laura? That's barcode. Our guest, Lindsley Register, at the Savior's Compound. I want to see if anyone's going to get this. Chess? No. No, it's not chess. This is a hard one. I, I didn't know either. And even reading the answer, it does not ring any bells. Spin the bottle? No. <laughs> no. Good guess, though. Khaleesi, Checkers, Lisa, Pool? No. 
the only episode that I think we've ever seen uh, someone playing pool on The Walking Dead is when uh, Spencer got gutted. When Negan brought the pool table out from the garage in Alexandria waiting for Rick to come back. And he gutted uh, Spencer in that, uh, in that episode. Twister reference says, no. Roulette, no. You guys are not going to get this. It's hard. Strip poker, says Jason. No. No. <laughs> no, the actual answer is nobody got it. The, and I don't blame you guys. The actual answer is air hockey. I don't remember that. They were playing air hockey. Okay, I don't think we could have sat here for another hour. Nobody would have guessed that. All right, let's go to, let's see, uh, let's go back to characters. I think that's probably the easiest category. Who did Denise choose to come on? You see, these are way too easy. Who did Denise choose to come on a supply run with her? To confront her feelings of being alone. Who did Denise? This is one person. It's not two. I know which. I know which guys. Which one you guys are thinking of? Yeah, I knew you guys were going to say that. Actually, from Daryl and Rosita, it's one of them. You got to pick which one. Is it Rosita or Daryl? This is from a. This is from a, a prior episode. Who did Denise choose to come on a supply run with her to confront her feelings of being alone? Jason. Jason got it. Rosita. Nice, Jason. Very, very nice. All right. Let's go to... Uh, you know what? I like the dead questions. All right. The dead. Uh, who put down... Oh, this is pretty easy. Who's the one that put down the reanimated Owen, played by Benedict Samuel, and also prior guest of ours? Who put down the reanimated Owen, leader of the wolves? Daryl? Nope. Wasn't Daryl. Was not Daryl. Any other guesses? Carol? No. I didn't think this would give you guys so much trouble. Who put down... Owen, when he reanimated. When Alexandria got overrun, when the walls fell. Denise, no. No. Come on. De no, Carl, no. Denise, oh, you guys are surprising me. I'll give you a hint. It's the person. Ma, Anita. Thank you, Anita. Anita got it. Morgan. I was about to give you guys a clue. I was going to say the person who put him down is the person who initially spared his life and caused a big rift between himself and Carol that led them to both coming to blows. All right. This is a lot of fun. Uh, let's go to locations. After Jesse killed a wolf in the house, which of her sons would not come downstairs? Oh, this is easy. After Jesse killed a wolf in the house, which of her two sons would not come downstairs? Sam. Very good. Very good. Very good, guys. Everybody got that one. All right. We'll get back to those questions. Let's move on to the next article. So, Shudder acquires folk horror Hellbender out of Fantasia Film Festival. For those of you that didn't know, Fantasia just wrapped up not too long ago. Uh, Shudder has acquired the streaming rights to Hellbender from directors Toby Poser, Zelda Adams, and John Adams, which is set to world premiere at the... Oh, sorry, it's, it has in uh, Fantasia... Has not happened yet. It's set to premiere at Fantasia International Film Festival on August 14th. The film follows 16-year-old Izzy, played by Zelda Adams, who leads an isolated life on a lonely mountaintop due to a rare sickness. 
Questioning her illness and starving for companionship, Easy sneaks, sneaks down the mountain where she befriends the brazen older girl, Amber. Just as Izzy finally begins to feel happiness, a drinking game involving a live worm unleashes a new kind of insatiable hunger within her. Mm, I'm getting the feel of a vampire story. Confused and scared, Izzy appeals to her mother for answers, but the family secrets are as old and dark as the bloodline from which they are born. What do you guys think? Vampire? Werewolf? Anyway, here's what Megan Navarro had to say about the film in her editorial. I have had my eye on the Adams family since I caught their film, The Deeper You Dig, at Fantastic Fest in 2019. The do-it-yourself family of filmmakers comprised of John, Adams, Toby Poser, and their daughter Zelda wrote directed and starred in an astonishingly astonishingly polished film on a bare bones budget now they're back with hellbender a new supernatural film about a lonely teenage girl who finds guidance in her family's suppressed supernatural lineage the log line is a little vague but judging from the deeper you dig uh, expect some fantastic, dreamy, nightmare imagery. So, I think that's cool as shit. You know, uh, filmmakers, family, do it yourself. And they get picked up, right, even before a film festival starts. Good for them. Good for them. You know, make your own opportunities out there. Alright, let's go to episodes episodes what was the title of the sixth season finale and uh sorry what was the title of the sixth season finale that was the big cliffhanger with negan everybody on their knees any meeny miny mo we didn't know who got the big uh bat to the head what was the title of that episode it's actually a, a line from the episode itself Come on, any guesses? Ooh, it's gone eerily quiet. You guys Googling the answer? I bet you guys are Googling the answer, aren't you? Khaleesi says, today may be your last day. Damn, that is close. That is close, Khaleesi. Efren got it, last day on Earth. And that's a little suspicious, Efren. The time that it took you to come up with that answer leaves plenty of time for you to Google it. Google it. So fess up if you did. Collat wrote, here's Negan. Okay, let's do another one. Wild card, wild card. What type of cookies... Oh, come on. What type of cookies did Carol bake when the Alexandrian supplies were low? Oh, I thought it was something else. What type of cookies did Carol bake when the Alexandrian supplies were low? And I don't remember this, but these do not sound appealing. uh, Colette wrote chocolate. That was my first thought. But this is after they ran out of chocolate. So she had to make cookies, I believe, for Sam again. He wanted cookies, but they were out of chocolate. So what did she use to make cookies? I don't think you guys are going to get this. I really don't. Oh, let's see. Lisa. Very good. Acorns. Nice. Beat cookies with acorn. And that sounds utterly disgusting. Granted, I'm not living in the zombie apocalypse, but no, 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 no. (laughs) Jason, (laughs) Jason writes cannabis. (laughs) I think they might have all needed that at that time. All right, let's go. uh, Let's go to characters. Easy one. What was Jesus's real name? 
Nice, short, and sweet. What was Jesus' real name? First and last. Come on. Hello, miss. Thank you for joining us. Come on, you guys don't know Jesus' real name? Lisa writes Paul Monroe. Nope. Nope, not Paul Monroe. Colette writes Jesse. No. Ava Lente joining us from Rio de Janeiro. Nice. Paul. All right. All right. Efren got the uh, first name, as did Khaleesi. And I'll give it to you, Khaleesi. You misspelled it, and you were very, very close. Jesus' real full name is Paul Rovia. Paul Rovia. That's his real name. Um, I'm surprised I gave you guys as much of a problem as it did. All right. Let's go... Uh, Let's go to the dead again. All right. Who was consumed by walkers when he froze and began crying during the walker attack on Alexandria? I don't. Who was consumed by walkers when he froze and began crying during the walker attack on Alexandria? And when they say froze, it's not literal. The young boy, <laughs> writes Colette. Yes, you are correct, Colette. What's the young boy's name? And it's not actually, yes, yeah, Sam. Not really because he froze, but he decided for some reason... Walking through that zombie herd, it would be a good idea to call out for his mom. I mean, yeah, he's a little kid, but not very smart. I know Sam is a character that not a lot of people liked. Uh, Zoe wrote the kid. Yep, it was the kid. All right, let's go. Uh, bah, bah. Let's go to events and milestones. What martial art? Did, oh, this is easy. What martial art did Eastman teach Morgan? You know, the skill that Morgan uses to this day with the stick. What martial art did Eastman teach Morgan? What's it called? Kendo? Nope. I don't think so, at least. I should look at the answer. Wait a minute. Yep, no, it's not Kendo. It's not Sinzu. Tai Chi is not a martial art. Uh, Kung Fu, no. Bo, no. Ooh, I'm surprised you guys don't know this. You see, you find out a lot. Keto is a diet. <laughs> Keto is a diet, Khaleesi. Lynn writes Taekwondo. No. Wow. I'm surprised. Uh, Miss says I have no idea. Jackie Chan writes Jonathan. <laughs> Samurai. Those are not martial arts. Everybody give up. Oh, Anita. Anita got it. It was Aikido. The art of uh, misdirection. I believe that's how uh, Eastman sort of described it. All right. I'm surprised. Some of these, I thought, what were easy ones you guys are missing. Let's go to, uh, let's go back to locations. How many miles from Alexandria did Rick plan to lead the herd of walkers? Um, this is uh, out of the, car, the, the quarry. In the beginning of, uh, I believe it's season six. How many miles did from Alexandria did Rick plan to lead the herd of walkers? 20, 45, or 100? And Lisa, 
Good job. 20. Now, Elisa, just fess up. Was that a guess? Was that a guess, Lisa? Because if it was, you were correct. But I'm just curious if you were guessing. A nice round number like that, 20 miles. <laughs> uh, okay, let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Let's go back. Uh, let's go back to episodes. In the episode titled First Time, you know, and the reason why I think episodes is kind of a difficult category is because people don't remember episode titles. If you tell them the season finale of season six, the season premiere of season five, they're like, yeah, but ask them what that episode is called, and then all of a sudden everybody draws a blank. So let's go to episodes. In the episode titled, First Time Again, who urges Tobin to help him kill Rick? In the episode titled, First Time Again, who urges Tobin to help him kill Rick? I had forgotten his name. I knew who they were talking about, but I'd forgotten his name. Looking for a character's name. Lisa writes, no, I'm a diehard fan. Lisa, there you go. You are. You're proving yourself worthy. Carter, good job, Lisa. Uh, so far, Lisa's coming out on top tonight. All right, let's go. Let's go to locations. Uh, you know, no, I'm not reading locations. That's way too easy. Uh, let's go to wildcard. What sort of party decorations did the group use to mark rendezvous points when herding walkers away from Alexandria? What party decorations did the group use to mark rendezvous points when herding walkers away from Alexandria? Lisa. I mean, the answer was balloons. Lisa even got the color right. And the color is not part of the answer. Green balloons. But you are absolutely correct, Lisa. Good job. Oh, I think it's set in stone. I think Lisa's going to be the king of this one. All right, let's do one more, then we'll go on to our next story. Uh, I'm trying to find one to stomp Lisa with. Uh, let's go back to the dead. Oh, no, this is too easy. Too easy. No, I'm not going to read that one. I'm going to go through these and find a hard one for Lisa. Let me, let me just... I know that's cheating, but I'm going to skim through these really quickly. Uh, da, da, no, uh, okay, we'll try this one. In which episode did Morgan make it to Alexandria? And you got to name the title of the episode, not season and episode number. What is the episode called? See, I told you that's why this category is a little tricky. In which episode did Morgan make it to Alexandria? You know, it's the same episode. I'll give you, I mean, you guys know again. It's when, you know, uh, Reg gets killed by Pete. Uh, Deanna tells Rick to kill Pete. You know, when they were meeting to get whether Rick should be exiled or not. Uh, what's the title of the episode? It's not Home Again. See, that's why I like this category. Because most people, like I said, don't remember the episode titles. Jonathan writes house. No. Birthday. No. Everyone has gone silent. All right. Time has expired. That has given you guys enough time to Google it. And before someone comes in with their Google answer, I have to say it. The episode is called Conquer. Conquer. Remember, Morgan uh, saves Daryl and Aaron from uh, the wolf's trap where they were surrounded in the car. And uh, Morgan meets Daryl for the first time, shows him the map that Morgan found in the church down in Georgia. He followed them pretty much all the way up to Virginia. And that's how 
Daryl knew it was okay to bring Morgan back to Alexandria. And thus, Morgan gets reunited with his buddy Rick. Uh, JSS? Nope, it wasn't that one. Lisa writes, when Dale gave his speech in the first uh, set, first sets, first season, all those words for a season five for the names of the episodes, when he was talking about him watching that speech, the father gave to you. Don't quite understand that and exactly the way you typed it, Lisa, but I think I get, I think I sort of get the gist. All right, next thing on our list here. Looking at the time, Agnes Review, the possession horror movie that you will never see coming. Again, out of Fantasia, a young nun in a covenant suddenly finds herself exhibiting the traits of a demonic possession, forcing the church to call in a grizzled and bitter priest and his priest-to-be student to handle it. Sounds familiar, right? It's anything but. From the jump, it's clear that Nikki Reese's Agnes is doing a lot with very little and the minimalist charm remains especially as the movie shifts into its surprising second half. What begins with what some might consider a traditional possession movie, Agnes has more up its sleeve than the average exorcism picture and that is largely due to its unique characters and whip-smart script. Reese crafts a world that feels lived in and immediately rejects pop culture aesthetic of a possession story when one of his lead characters, Ben Hall's Father Donahue, makes it clear that he thinks it's nonsense despite a clear track record in the church. Tagging alongside him, though, is Jake Horowitz as Benjamin, a priest in training that is constantly worried he's in over his head. That's the opening of the film, uh, would have you believe in. Uh, these are your leads. Their placement in the story is one of many rug pulls that Reese has up his sleeve. These two are just part of the Agnes cast. But I'd be remiss to not give a special shout out to Zandi Hartig as Sister Honey, who has one of the best lines reading in the film. Hall and Horowitz do tremendous work, but producer star Molly C. Quinn takes the focus in the second half and makes the movie hers. Though a supporting player in the early possession segment of the story, Quinn's sister Mary finds herself the subject of an intense portrayal of loss and empathy told through the frame of her character's questioning within and outside of the church. It's a universal story of being directionless, albeit with some added demonic possession for some fun on the big screen. On the whole, though, Agnes is a horror movie about losing faith in your beliefs, yourself, your God, whatever you thought you knew and held close, yet which showed itself to be something else. In the same way that Friedkin's Exorcist, the godfather of the subgenre, had a character struggling with his faith, Rhesus Agnes is a portrait about that loss as well. Unlike this 1973 classic, Agnes takes its portrayal into the realm of intimacy rather than exploitation. Comparisons to that film or even other Possession movies released this year could no doubt be made, but Agnes's ability to do a lot with little while remaining captivating is one of its greatest qualities. Sounds like a lot of good movies are coming out of Fantasia this year. And it's going to be a little while till they get released, but I know I'm excited about them. Khaleesi writes, sounds a lot like The Nun. That's another good one right there. All right, let's get back to these questions and uh, locations. Which of Rick's own group? Oh, God, this is easy. I, didn't even, I only went halfway through, and I know what the question is. Which of Rick's own group told Deanna that Rick and the others were dangerous. 
To be more specific, he called Rick Satan. <laughs> Come on, who was the first one to type this in? When they came to Alexandria, who was the first one that turned Judas on Rick and decided to uh, call him Lucifer, the devil himself, to Deanna? Come on, guys, nobody? Colin, Eugene, oh my God, come on. There we go, Lisa, Father Gabe, Gabriel, it was Gabriel. Remember, he went to uh, Deanna and uh, Maggie overheard him talking to Deanna, basically calling Rick the devil, telling Deanna you've let your devils inside your walls, blah, 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 blah. All right, let's go back to wild card. Who only wrote one line in the journal he was given before he died? Who only wrote one line in the journal he was given before he died? I'm not giving you any more hints. Come on. It's not that hard. Who only wrote one line in the journal before he died a very very gruesome death jason says carl nope not carl welcome to sidar who's saying hello oh five hello saying hi bro colette writes think i've lost my marbles wow come on guys not even a guess Come on, who wrote one line? Am I going to have to give you clues? In the journal before dying a very gruesome death. The governor? No. No. The governor didn't get the gruesome death that he deserved. Lisa writes, oh crap, on the tip of my tongue. Alright, I'm going to have to give it up to you guys. I'm surprised. Noah. Remember Noah? You know, Beth discovered... Yeah, I mean, Beth's friend. That's right, Zoe. Noah was brought into the story with Beth at the hospital. And he became uh, a big member of Rick's group on their journey up to Virginia. But because of Nicholas, Michael Trainer, great guy, another one of our guests. Um, and... If you guys never watched our interview with uh, Michael Trainer, who played Nicholas, it was a great interview. You know, when I tried to, you know, put the blame on him for Noah's death, he's like, no, 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 no. Glenn let go. No, and uh, Nicholas was just exiting those revolving doors to go get help. So he did. He said, hashtag Glenn let go. And that's what caused... Uh, Noah's death. I love Michael. That was a that was a great interview. That was a very memorable interview. All right, this is uh, I can't believe we're almost out of time. Let's go to locations. Okay, which of Rick's group was assigned to the Alexandria Community Construction Crew? I know this. Which of Rick's group was assigned to the construction group? Beloved character. When they made it to Alexandria, who was part of the construction group? And eventually, he pretty much took over the crew. Lisa Abraham. Michael Cudlitz. Another one of our interviews. Michael is awesome. All right, let's go on to uh, the dead. This is funny. Who was the architect that built the walls? No, no, that's not, uh, that's not. I said the dead, right? Yeah, wrong question. Sorry. Ow. This is not fair. Who panicked and caused Noah to be killed by walkers? I just gave you the answer a few minutes ago. It was Nicholas. That doesn't count. I should have kept my mouth shut. 
Alright, let's go, let's do the dead on this one. Alright, during the group's night in the barn, after Tyrese's death, what destroyed most of the walkers attacking the barn? During the group's night in the barn, after Tyrese's death, the night Rick gave his famous speech, We Are the Walking Dead, what killed all those walkers outside? All right, Lisa, very good. You got very specific. The answer is a storm, but it was a tornado. I mean, was it a tornado? Was it just a really nasty-ass uh, thunderstorm? Who knows? Could have been a tornado, but storm is the answer. All right, let's do wild card. What did the group leave on top of Tyrese's grave marker? That's a good one. What did the group leave on top of Tyrese's grave marker? Let's see who gets this. I did not know. I had to look at the answer. I didn't remember. His belt? Writes Colette, no, not his belt. Hat, very good, Lisa. Lisa got it, his hat. That's what they left on top of his grave as a marker. So, in the little bit of time that we have left, let's talk about some John Carpenter movies, okay? Uh, known by the most... Uh, by most as the master of horror, not much argument there, John Carpenter has spanned a legendary career over 50 years with countless quality films. We're going to take a look uh, at some of those films. He was born January 16th, 1948 in Carthage, New York. Uh, Carpenter's father was a music professor. professor. His father taught him much about music, and for those of you that did not know this, John Carpenter himself created the infamous Halloween theme, sitting in front of a piano. Uh, got into filmmaking from the start. Like many lifelong filmmakers, Carpenter started filming his own short movies with an 8mm camera before he began high school. Carpenter began college at Western Kentucky University, by, uh, but by 1969, he transferred to the University of Southern California, USC, entering their School of Cinematic Arts. By 1970, Carpenter had completed several short films and began to gain some notoriety. An Academy Award winner in 1971, John Carpenter's short film titled The Resurrection of Bronco Billy was nominated for and won the Academy Award for Best Short Subject. The occasion proved monumental as Carpenter had initially become became a filmmaker to make westerns, which were becoming a dying genre in Hollywood. Following the completion of Bronco Billy, Carpenter was fast at work finishing his student thesis, a feature film that would become Dark Star. The multi-talented filmmaker uh, after Dark Star was monumental for Carpenter in that he took on numerous responsibilities as well as directing, writing, and composing. Now, the success of Dark Star led to more work for Carpenter, as well as special effects. Supervisor Dan O'Bannon, O'Bannon would later to go work on Star Wars as a result of his work that he did with John Carpenter. While initially dismissed by audiences, Dark Star became Carpenter's first cult classic film, something that would be repeated with several more of Carpenter's films yet to come. Now, in 76, Carpenter returned uh, to his multitasking ways and developed the Howard, Howard Hawks-inspired Assault on Precinct 13, which has been remade uh, several times, I think. 
after assault on Precinct 13, following the release and its UK distribution uh, by uh, Michael Myers, Carpenter found some financial success. Uh, through offers to direct uh, was dry, Carpenter turned to screenwriting and kept his career turning out numerous screenplays, including Carpenter's first studio film, Eyes of Laura Mars, directed by Irvin Kirshner. Uh, let's see, The Babysitter Murders on Halloween Night, Yablon's meeting with Carpenter, centered on a pitch for what would become Halloween. Probably by far John Carpenter's most famous work. Not saying it's his best work. Halloween is amazing. But when you think of John Carpenter, the first thing that probably flashes through your mind is Halloween. Uh, Carpenter needing the money and tantalized by the creative freedom, he agreed to do it. Carpenter would bring in then-girlfriend Deborah Hill who worked on Assault with him, to co-write the film, providing much of the babysitter scenes, because that was the original title of Halloween. It was The Babysitter. Uh, The film was a financial success. Uh, Not right away, but even back then, when it did come out, it was very successful. Today, it's just a classic. Uh, but it became a success in the oddest of ways, with increasing weekend gross after the premiere, the exact opposite of what typically happens in Hollywood. Basically, in Hollywood, the biggest weekend is its opening weekend. When Halloween came out, uh, weekend after weekend, the revenue was just getting bigger and bigger for the movie as word of mouth started to spread. Anyway, Carpenter went on to do great movies, uh, such as Escape from New York with Kurt Russell. He also did Escape uh, from L.A., The Fog, Starman, Christine, Prince of Darkness, which I feel to this day is such an underrated movie. I love Prince of Darkness, and uh, Carpenter loved to work with a lot of the same actors. Donald Pleasance is in Prince of Darkness. Uh, A great movie. If you have not watched Prince of Darkness, uh, you won't be disappointed. Go back and watch it. It's an amazing film. So, uh, and as they say for the rest, it's history for Carpenter. He's the one that put out Halloween 2018, He's going to be a part of Halloween Kills coming out this October. And of course, Halloween ends, supposedly ends, in 2022. John Carpenter uh, will be forever one of the horror greats out there when it comes to directing, screenplays, everything. And he doesn't, people don't realize that he has done so much more beyond directing. Uh, A lot of people, like I said earlier, did not realize that the Halloween theme was created by him. And I heard him tell the story through an interview that he did it in the way he described it. He came up with it in just a couple of minutes sitting in front of a piano. And it's probably one of the most infamous themes, not just from horror, but from any movie. Anyway, guys, we're literally out of time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Maybe tomorrow we'll do a little bit of mix. Regular horror questions and mix in some more of these Walking Dead questions. You guys did great. Uh, The winner for tonight is Lisa, hands down. She nailed the majority of those Walking Dead questions, so good job, Lisa. Uh, I'll be back with you guys again tomorrow. Until then, stay safe. And remember to always stay walking. Good night.